Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The opinion line on Cork's 96FM. I started yesterday morning by telling you that I really liked the song from Johnny Lydon, uh, Public Image Limited. He's one of six finalists now in RTE's search for a Eurovision entry from 2023. They're doing the same as they did last year where they brought all six of them together on the Late Night Show. You'll remember that last year the selected song was a song by young Brooke Scullion, a Derry girl. I thought it was a great song. She gave it a massive performance on the night when it came to the semi-final but she didn't get out of the semi-final and disappointed for her and I think a lot of Eurovision fans and supporters we're quite disappointed for Brooke. We were looking to another set of finalists, how the hell they're going to find someone that'll actually get us out of a blasted semi-final, because the way we are with Ireland now, that would be an achievement to get us out of a semi-final. Now, did you know that Johnny Lydon's mammy was from Gary Vaux? And did you know that he used to come to Gary Vaux for his holidays as a small boy? The rottens of Gary Vaux, as it were? <laughs> Here's the song that he and Public Image Limited, or a click of the song that he and Public Image Limited are putting forward before us on the 3rd of February for the chance to be selected to represent Ireland at the Eurovision Song Contest. This is a song called Hawaii, and it's a love song to his wife, Nora. Nora has Alzheimer's and is obviously deteriorating with Alzheimer's. And Hawaii is written about a time in their life it's a sweet and precious and beautiful memory to them both. And he's asking the question, do you remember it? Because I do. It's such a beautiful piece of work. This is it. It was a friend of mine in Newry, believe it or not, who put that video up the other day. Brona in Newry put that up, and I listened. That is achingly beautiful. Cornell Creighton, I've never have had you for a Eurovision fan. Morning. TJ, how are you? <laughs> I was listening to the show and didn't realise I was on. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good morning. I'd never have had you for a Eurovision fan, fella. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I really am. And on lots of fronts... Um, 
I, I suppose for me, um, I, I'm pure audience, you know, I, I'm not a hack as such. I, I really don't really care who wins. I just love the whole thing of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's it sort of, uh, I, I, you know, Eurovision, the way it came about was after World War Two. obviously, you know, European Broadcasting Commission, their union, they were trying to get the countries talking together, right? And from that then came this idea, let's have a festival, uh, you know, and... I, I just think that, uh, considering where Europe had been through, the, the whole thing is every year, all these countries, they went war like twice within 40 years, right? Uh, pitched it against you. And because of that, I think your vision is really special. And it takes time to stand back. Like, what's happening this year, it'll take me about four years to process the importance of it. And, like, if you look at your vision, right, it's... Um, like, for example, like, you know, like this thing, the Carnation Revolution, you know, where, where Portugal, they, you know, they, they overthrew their junta on the Eurovision song back in 1974. Right? God, you have a long like, memory. Well, well, it's just, I'm bit, I, I suppose I'm a bit of a hack with you, right? <laughs> but even so, like, two years before that, Portugal actually uh, boycotted the Eurovision because the year before Ireland won it, before Dana won it, there were nine winners. Or there were four winners. There, there, there was That's a right, four. the famous four-way tie. They couldn't and then, separate. And of course, Europe couldn't <laughs> agree who was winning on it. So, like, I, I just find it's brilliant because it, it's, I, I call it sort of a barometer on the yeah. zeitgeist of yeah. what's happening. Now, as, 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 a cultural, as a cultural analyst, what do you make of this song? Because I'm starting from the point where I think it's beautiful. Well, absolutely. I, 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 first of all, from a Eurovision point of view, what's brilliant about it is that it'll bring a whole new demographic and a whole new age profile into it, yeah. into watching it. And that's what's great about Eurovision. It keeps evolving every year. You keep thinking, oh, sure, you know, when the Berlin Wall came down, we said, oh, sure, it's all Eastern European now. But next thing, England won it last year, and the whole thing has shifted again. And mm. I, I love that sort of... Um, you, well, Ukraine, you, it was Ukraine who won it last year, but they can't stage it because of the war, well, so it's back in Britain, yeah. Yeah, but they were second, that, Britain were second last year, yeah. And that in itself, that, that in itself, the fact that Ukraine was, it was almost a given that Ukraine was going to I win. I think so it was, like, yeah. I think everybody felt emotionally that England had won, and, you know, there's something very positive about it. But uh, with this song, the thing is... Um, I, I suppose I did, I, I was a product of the punk thing, and uh, yeah. that was my age, right? And I remember when uh, John Lydon first appeared with PL, I couldn't make head nor tail of it. <laughs> uh, the first song they had was Public Image Limited. I was like, what the hell? And I sort of felt they had sold out. But then, of course, it takes time to learn, I'm a slow learner, right? And like PAL, uh, like the Cowboy song, um, Rise. Song, PAL, this is not a love song. Yeah, fabulous good. songs, mad stuff, good. but uh, fabulous. Way ahead, way ahead of their time. They're, they're almost pre-rave, you know. They're pre-techno in a way, you know. And uh, so, but I think that there's a great sort of irony in the fact that this is the love song was a big hit way back then, yeah. and now this is a love song that he's uh, presenting. Plus, also John Lydon. There's nothing ironic about John Lydon. Like his music is very deep and very real. Uh, if you if you read the words of "This Is Not a Love Song," you That's can right. see what it's about. It's, it's about McLaren and uh, the selling out and stuff of of uh, I suppose a culture, right? That's right. Uh, same with even the Sex Pistols tracks, like "Bodies" and all them bodies about uh, abortion and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punk, punk, punk was an, an era that was very, very noisy. But if you sat down and listened to it. 
there was some and, fine songwriting going on. Do you know? And a lot, a lot of it too would have been your old three car tricksters, right? That's but right. John Lydon could never be one of those, right? And that's what I think is special about this song mm. and about him. Actually, there's huge integrity there. Do, do you think and he'll get out of the? Do you think he'll get out of the the late late show and, and get to represent us? You know, I'd love if he did, but I, I'd be very slow to sort of suggest anything because, I, as I say, I'm an audience person, right? I, I, I just don't see as it unfolds, right? Rather, like, I wouldn't be sort of... My money my money would be on Wild Youth, my heart would be with Johnny. That's where I, I look at it. I've I heard all the songs in. He's changed. Uh, the, he, he, he was certainly changed Eurovision in, in a good way. I think he would draw people into it, you know? Yeah. And... Um, I'm looking forward to it already. And here we are, January. I think May is your vision. I mean, what a great start. May 14th or something like that, yeah. May 14th or 15th, yeah. Plus, I was watching BBC News yesterday morning and they were talking about RTE um, Late Late Show and I was saying, my God, they could have something on, like, like this must be really uh, interesting for them because... um, they don't talk about RT or Late Late Show or what's happening here too often, right? And I just thought, yeah. my God, first thing Monday morning, they're telling us about John Lydon. They're fascinated about uh, John, John Lydon. I wouldn't be sort of promoting the song for, for Eurovision. I think that's, that's up to the way things fall. But maybe he should go for um, Freedom of the City. That'd be a nice <laughs> Well, Well, his, his <laughs> mammy was from Cork. That's right. I, I, I came across that yesterday. Yeah, guys, my God, is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. his his mom was from Cork. I think his dad was from either Limerick or Galway. So he's he's as Irish as yourself, myself. Colonel, thank you, um, and enjoy it. I didn't know that's the last person I'd have taken for being a Eurovision fan. Now, Frank Dermody is president of the Ireland Eurovision fan club uh, from Cork, Frank. What do you make of this? As I say, I'm qualifying everything by saying I love it. Morning. Good morning. How are you getting on? Good. So, um, the song itself is interesting. All right, it's a beautiful tribute to his wife. Um, an unusual choice to pick for Ireland, um, given his history. Um, I'll, to be honest with you, I say like a lot of us were surprised when John Lydon and um, Public Image Limited were selected, but in a good way. Because yeah. every now and then you do need to, I think I said it to you before, you do need to shake things up every now and then. You can't have the same style, you can't have the same artist centering all the time. Well, well there's the thing. So, Over the years, you, you, we've, you've had to learn to make headlines. And I'm thinking back to Italy and, and Manskin. They made headlines yeah. from the minute they selected that song. Manskin made headlines. And by the time it got to Eurovision time, my pal Dermot Manning, uh, and he said, lads, you all missed the bus here. Dermot Manning was saying four or five weeks before Eurovision that Italy were going to win it because yeah, of the sheer headline and impact of the tune. And I wonder, is there an impact uh, effect here to, to Johnny Lydon or the, rot, the rottens of Gary Vaux getting to represent <laughs> Possibly getting to represent Europe. What do you think? Possibly, but there was something about Maniskin that it was sort of the zeitgeist with the youth at the time. Yeah that made people just go absolutely crazy for them. It was sort of that one-in-a-lifetime band that come along. Yeah. That people just fell in love with. And I think maybe it's probably past Public Image Limited's time 
if that makes sense to, to be in the zeitgeist. Perhaps it is, Frank, but, but here's the thing, and I was listening to it, I've listened to it now four or five times, and, and when you break that, typical of John Lydon, as Colonel Graydon was saying, yeah. his songwriting, when you break it down, it's, it's achingly beautiful, and I'm thinking to myself, one thing that it Eurovision fans do is they read the lyric, or they should at least, and there are so many families across Europe and across the 40-odd countries of the EBU so many families affected by Alzheimer and dementia in yep. general, it will strike a chord. And you have to do that too, don't you? You absolutely do. You have to be able to resonate with the audience. You know, you and have to I, have some, and I think some message that they connect with. Bring it back to the young people, okay? And I'm going to make another bit of a extension <laughs> here. So bring it back to the young people who will pile into the arena on the night, because it is nearly all young people. John Lydon is 66. Many of those people would have parents in their 60s. Grandparents yeah. may be in their 60s. And some of them might look at Johnny and think, if he's there, and think, well, there's someone who reminds me of my granddad. And my granddad has Alzheimer's. Or my nana has Alzheimer's. Or my dad. You could, there could be onto something here, you know, emotionally. Absolutely. But we have to see how he performs live on the late late, is what I always say. It's a beautiful well. song. Well, we know he's an established performer, so there's no fear of that because whenever you see a new band come out you're going, Oh, you always have a, you're always a little bit wary mm. of what they're like live. Yeah. But at and least we know that he can perform. And what kind of a stage spectacle as well, because it's gone very visual. Absolutely, but bear in mind, like France came very close second to Maniskin within a uh, very sort of dark song that was very focused on the singer, which was a ballad. Just a girl standing there on See, her own. I remember it, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yes. Now, you have to bear in mind that she's also won, she's also wrote two songs that have won the Junior Eurovision in recent years as well. So, she has the background in her. Yeah. But the staging is key, but it doesn't have to be big flash bangs all over the place. No, let's and let, let's let's see what, what they come up with on the, on the Late Late Show the 3rd of February. I think, I mean, with me, it's an emotional argument here between and I've heard the other songs and with all due respect to them I don't think much of them I think it's between my my head is saying Wild Youth my heart is saying Johnny Lydon Johnny Rotten Frank thank you very much we'll see where it goes on the 3rd of February Frank Dermody president of the Ireland Eurovision Fan Club now Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now, if there is a more authoritative voice on music and the various genres of music and history of music, it's, well, you won't go far beyond... Jim O'Mahony, uh, Jim X Comet. Jim. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Now, it is a beautiful, beautiful song. I'm blown away by it. What, yeah, do, you, what, do, you um, make, what do you make of it, though? Well, I heard this, I think I heard this about two, two days ago, and I actually thought it was an April Fool or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I think about it, it's, um, if you, like, I, I would have a lot of respect for John Lydon. I, I would be I'm probably a big fan for years. I'm a huge fan of public image anyway. It's something, it, it, it's, it, it's a very John Lydon thing to do, to go into the Eurovision. I think he's mentioned it before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if... He never does what people expect him to do, but I, I do think that um, there's a bigger message here. I think the huge, huge, huge message is Alzheimer's and awareness of Alzheimer's. Um, I've had two people very close to me over the last 10 years who had Alzheimer's and sadly succumbed to it because there's no happy ending. Yes. And, you know, I, I think if the song which is a beautiful song, if the song focuses on that and gives some awareness on that, then it's a brilliant thing. Now, on the other hand, um, I think that's the idea that he's going, that, that first of all, he mightn't necessarily make it into the Eurovision because I do not think that for a minute RTE wants to be faced with the prospect of having to stage it next year. You know, yeah. so I mean. Well, to, Jim, to be honest, Jim, that's an old argument, and I've always, always railed up against it. It's a mm. massive money spender for the host nation. Massive. I suppose, yeah. I, I, I suppose it is. It is, but the thing, what I think about the Eurovision, I, I, I think, I, I think we have this vision of the Euro. Sorry, this this idea of the Eurovision, and say the late late show here, we kind of look at them as institutions that we grew up with. But yeah. they're much, they're they're very very different now. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure that um, he will say if he did make the Eurovision that he'd go in, he'd go on stage at Liverpool, and every single person in the audience would suddenly say, "Oh my God, this is amazing! This is brilliant!" You're looking at a very very flippant, shallow type of type of competition, which is what it's got, which yeah. is what it's really turned into. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, look, there, there there are things that might go. It, it probably helps that that it's in Liverpool, you know. It it, it helps that, that that it's that it's in the UK, and you you know he might get a bit of a home crowd thing. But I don't really see the Eurovision as being a competition that has a social conscience, if that makes sense. So uh, I think the idea that he'd go in and sweep the board and and and, and you, win would it. You, would you not? Do, do, do you remember? You may you may or may not. Conchita Wurst. The, the the bearded lady who won. I do. Now that I, was that was over before it began because of the sheer idea of a woman with a beard. 
It was. And if you look at last year, if you look at Ukraine won it last year, and that was that was a bit of a social conscience it vote was. as well. And that was over before not, it started, yeah. I'm not sure that's going to happen twice in a row, you know? Yeah. Now, the only thing is, the song is brilliant, but the song might be actually too good for Eurovision, because, I mean, like, no... I'm very, very out of touch with the, with the Eurovision. The last time I actually sat down and watched the Eurovision, I think Niamh Kavanagh won it. Oh, God. Okay, you're a few, you're a few years behind the time, so, so, so Jim. So <laughs> it, it, it's, and she won it with a, with a brilliant song that um, apparently the, the songwriters didn't want to put into the Eurovision kept either. It, kept it, it in a drawer. Jimmy kept that song in a drawer for a number of years until he could persuade Niamh to sing it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people didn't want that song on the Eurovision either. But but it, it won, so look, look, this this could happen. Now, I mean, it's probably like if you look in, if you look back at the history of the Eurovision and all the people who've sung on the Eurovision, this is probably the biggest and most bizarre story ever because nobody. Nobody of this stature and with this reputation has ever gone into no. a song contest. It's, it's like selecting Bono, really. When you think about it, <laughs> it is, but 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 it's even more bizarre than selecting Bono because if somebody had said to you in nineteen say seventy nine or nineteen eighty that the um, the guy singing in the Sex Pistols is going to be in the national song contest for Ireland, <laughs> yeah, for Ireland, you would have laughed. But did you know at the time, Jim, that the fella singing in the Sex Pistols um, about all sorts of things that we can't mention on daytime radio now? Yes. Did you know he used to go on holidays in Gary Vaux? He was, um, I, I didn't know at the time, but I, I, I read his book. His book is brilliant. His book, um, I think, No Blacks, No Dogs, No Irish. Yeah. But his book is amazing. Like, he talks about um, gr- growing up in, in an Irish community in London. And what's one of the really funny stories is that he was saying that he lived in a street with his aunt, sorry, with his mother and father, but he had aunts and uncles living in the street, and most people living in the street were Irish. So he grew up drinking tea, and he said his mother, his mother had this habit of making really weak tea all the time. You can't imagine him growing up on weak tea, can you? And that's what he drinks even when he was in the sex pistols. His drink of choice was, was a cup of tea, but it's one, you know, these awful cups of tea that you dump the tea bag into yeah. for about two yeah. seconds. Yeah. yeah, That's his thing. You kind of show it the tea and bag. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, you know. I, I always think, I always think of him like that. And you know, I mean, no, he he hasn't like the guy hasn't forgotten his Irish roots, you know. And obviously, his parents are Irish, but he he will admit that as he's you know he's born in Britain, so he's British. You know, he's not kind of mm. he's not he's not like he's not pretending to be Irish. Like no, but like, we could claim him. We can claim him through the through the through the through the mammy rule. Oh, we absolutely could, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and, and that's what we're doing, Jim. You know, listen, and, before I let you go. Um, and I know that you are back doing a little bit of this. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Where are you playing records? These days, and, and playing records is what you do. Where are playing you playing records? Playing records at the moment. I'm doing. I, I'm doing something in Barry's and Douglasville once a month. But I'm starting a residency in the Pavilion on the last Friday of every month. Jim, starting on the 27th. I, I hope to see you because, records. as I said, if there's anyone out in the DJing section or, or the, the DJ sector with a wider and a more knowledge knowledgeable taste in music, I've yet to meet them. Jim O'Mahony, Jim X Comet. Catch him if you see a this guy playing records you will enjoy 0818969696 Kate says I think it takes the Eurovision into a new direction it's so relaxing whereas you associate the contest with a kind of poppy 
brash type of music. I think it might catch on. I'd love to go to Eurovision. I'd say the parties are mental. They are, Kate. Quartz 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.